Our text this morning is from First Chronicles, and I won't be before you long. I have a shortened homily. And we're in First Chronicles 6, verses 7 and verses 23 through 34, but I'm going to quickly read, which won't be on the screen, verses 1 through 6 before we get to verse 7. This is the word of the Lord. And they brought in the ark of God and set it inside the tent that David had pitched for it. They offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before God, and when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord and distributed to all Israel, both men and women, to each a loaf of bread, a portion of meat, and a cake of raisins. Then he appointed some of the Levites as ministers before the ark of the Lord to invoke, to thank, to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. Asaph was the chief, and second to him were Zechariah, Jael, Shemaremoth, Jehiel, Mattathiah, Eliab, Benai, Obed-Edom, and Jael, who were to play harps and lyres, and Asaph was to sound cymbals, and Benaiah and Jehaziel, the priests, were to blow trumpets regularly before the Ark of the Covenant of God. Then on that day, starting in verse 7, then on that day, David first appointed that thanksgiving be sung to the Lord by Asaph and his brothers. Jumping down to verse 23. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And he is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him. All the earth, yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad, let the earth rejoice, and let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea roar in all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forests sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Father, now we do thank you for this, your word of thanksgiving before us and the story here in First Chronicles. May our hearts also exult in your praise, and Lord, may your word be illuminated to us that our hearts might... Father, feel the profound sense of gratitude that those who shared just a moment ago felt and feel. Prepare our hearts for this coming week. And Lord, may we give you the honor and glory Do your holy name. In Christ's name we pray. Well, as you have by now imagined, our Sunday of giving thanks is in light of the coming Thanksgiving holiday on Thursday. Throughout history, special Thanksgiving ceremonies 
have been common among all peoples and all religions, typically at the end of summer when the harvest was, just before fall or early fall. The modern American Thanksgiving holiday grew out of a tradition brought over to America by the pilgrims. The pilgrims are this group we've heard of but barely know anything about. They belong to a group in Scottish Presbyterianism called the Covenanters. And the tradition they brought over was to set aside certain days of fasting during the week for Thanksgiving and praise in response to God's providence. Now back then, Thanksgiving wasn't a yearly holiday because for the Covenanter pilgrims, the only holiday or holy day was the Sabbath. They never would have observed an annual holiday. In fact, they celebrated no yearly holidays at all because they feared that an annual celebration would become a mechanical or habitual repetition void of true spiritual meaning. And indeed, for many people, Thanksgiving is just an annual turkey day, a time where people come over and engage in a lot of eating and drinking, watch a football game, prepare for Black Friday, and maybe, maybe, someone says the ob obligatory prayer of Thanksgiving without much thought or reflection. Now, we're not covenanters or pilgrims, but we do share much of the same theology with them, and because of that, they deserve our sympathy and understanding. They have such a high view of God and providence that they wanted to protect and reserve the idea of thanksgiving to actual giving thanks to God. In 1 Chronicles 16, the story we just read is a famous story of a day of thanksgiving when David rose to power over Israel. We're told of the day that the Ark of the Covenant, which held the two tablets of the stone commandments, came to Jerusalem. It didn't come on its own. David and his people and all the people brought the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. Now if you're saying, what is the Ark of the Covenant? On Netflix you can watch Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark when you go home. That'll teach you a little bit. I don't have time this morning to go into it. But the idea, and what, this was such a day of celebration because the ark was always on the move. Because the people were on the move back in those days. In fact, everywhere David and his men went, the ark of the covenant accompanied them because on top of the ark, between the two cherub facing each other was the very presence of God. In fact, in the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant is frequently referred to as the Ark of the Presence because the very presence of God was seated on top of it. And the idea is that it was the only place in the world that God's literal presence, God is a spirit so that you couldn't see God, but his literal presence sat upon this box overlaid in wood. 
carried around on a cart by the people of ancient Israel. Everywhere the people went, the ark went. And when they brought the ark with them, they had victories. They had victories in battle, they had victories in crops and harvests, victories and triumphs in their tribes and families because the presence of God was on top of the ark. But they had, the ark had no home. And so when it came to rest in the city of David, after centuries of wandering, and ultimately found a permanent home, it was seen as the fulfillment of God's promise of rest, not just for the ark, but for his covenant people. And it says that David appointed that thanksgiving be sung to the Lord. And so we give thanks this week that God has given us, his people, rest as well. Rest from our enemies, rest from wandering, rest from the uncertainty if God is angry at us, rest from our sins. Now ironically, back to the ark story just for a moment, the ark is hardly mentioned at all outside of the book of Chronicles. In fact, in Ezra, Nehemiah, Ezekiel, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi are all virtually silent about the ark. The ark sort of disappears from the biblical storyline. By the time of the desecration and the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple, by the Babylonians, when those books were written, the ark had apparently disappeared and no one knows where it went. Possibly stolen as plunder or hidden by some priests in a cave, we may never know what happened to the Ark of the Covenant. Yet, there is this obscure prophecy by Jeremiah who foretold of an unspecified time when the Ark shall no longer come to mind or be remembered or missed or be mentioned again. According to Jeremiah's idea, in that day, he said, in Zion, not just the ark shall be called the throne of the Lord, and all nations shall gather to it, to the presence of the Lord. All Zion, not just the ark, all of Zion shall be called the throne of the Lord, and all nations shall gather to it, to the presence of the Lord. This is the same Jeremiah who foretold of a new covenant in which the Lord would write his law, not on two stone tablets anymore to be housed in a wooden box overlaid with stone, but write his law on our very hearts. The hearts of his people forgive their sins and grant that his presence would come to rest no longer on a box, but in us, in his people. The presence of God now abides and rests in the people of God. All of Zion, as Jeremiah called it. And as we come into the Advent and Christmas season, we celebrate the bringer of this new covenant. We worship Emmanuel, the God whose presence abides. God with us. And so when you raise your glasses and you dig into your green bean casserole and you ask for another helping of the cranberry sauce, 
Don't just thank God for a turkey dinner, but give thanks that around the table, the very presence of Almighty God dwells with you. Amen. Father, thank you now for all that you've blessed us with, for your grace and your mercy, and most importantly, that your Holy Spirit has filled us with your very presence. Let our hearts be enraptured in such a tangible sense of your presence and grace, O God, that this holiday we would experience it differently. That it would not just be about food and drink and thanksgiving for maybe family, although those things are good, but let us feel your presence and fully come to recognize how blessed we are in you on account of your son Jesus Christ who loves us and has brought us into the fold and the family of God. We thank you now. It's in his name we pray. Amen.